You won't be surprised and they won't be funny. <laughs> okay, then I won't. Okay. So, welcome to Barista Interviews. <laughs> where we ask the tough questions okay. that you don't want to face. That I don't want to face? No. I'll face them. You have to be revealing. Okay, I'll try. Okay, just try. <laughs> so... The first question I'd like to ask you is probably the most important one that really kind of sets the whole context of your life. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite color? My favorite color? Ooh, it's so hard to choose. They're all so good. <laughs> but um, probably either pink or black. Yeah, well, how about pink and black? I mean, do you do that? Yeah. I like, Pretty crazy. I like both of those. I do it all the time. Like That's pink and white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that was just to, like, break the ice and get started and, like... But really, um... So, you used to be a barista. I did, as of yesterday. I was no longer a barista at this place. But you were there for, like, how long? Um, a few months, and before that I worked at another place that did coffee, but it was more of a restaurant, but yeah, I was a barista at Philo for like five months probably. What were the terms of your um, disengagement? Um, I did just, they buy you out? Did they like say, listen, you don't belong here anymore. You should move on to a higher calling. Yeah, it was actually crazy. Everyone stood around me in a circle and kicked me really hard until I left. <laughs> and they had sticks of fire yes. that would poke at you. <laughs> wow. Well, at least you left with no hard feelings. Yeah, I would never hold with it no against... With no regret. I would never hold it against anyone or, like, take it personally. Like, they were just doing what they had to do. Yeah. Well, um, anyways, uh, this is how I came to know you as a barista at Philo Coffee. It's true. One of my favorite places to come and hang out because mm -hmm. of this awesome, ancient, sacred oak tree. It's so ancient and sacred. It's pretty awesome. It is. It's like a monster. You ever come here at night and hang out under it and be spooky? No, you can't hang out places alone at night. <laughs> what if you were invisible? If I was invisible, I definitely would. What would you do if you were invisible in the middle of the night? I would probably just go outside and walk around. Like anywhere? Yeah. Like I all through downtown? Yeah. In San Pedro Park? Just anywhere, yeah. Like, I go for walks at night sometimes, but like only if I... I'm with someone else. Don't you have like a big dog or something? No, that would be cool though. I met this. I have a roommate with big muscles. What? I said I have a roommate with big muscles, but oh. she's not a dog. <laughs> but that would help she's for like dangerous situations. <laughs> um, yeah, so I met you here as a barista and I really thought you were cool because you laughed at my jokes or at least you tolerated them. Only the ones that I thought were funny. Yeah, you were honest. <laughs> and the ones that weren't funny, I could learn something. <laughs> Don't say that stupid shit. <laughs> so true. So um, I wanted to, you know, learn more about you. Because in my mind, a barista is a mythical role. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
very true. That goes back through history. I mean, all the way to the ancient story of Gilgamesh <laughs> searching for the wisdom of immortality in the middle of the desert. And he stumbles on Shaduri's place. It's like a Corona a beach bar at the edge of the world. And they had coffee there? No, it's that beer. Oh, okay. But still, it's kind of our made barista, the same thing. Yeah, it's, it is similar. I haven't been a barmaid before, but I feel like barista has a little bit of a different vibe. I don't know. It's more bohemian, right? I mean, you go to a bar to get drunk and get Mm -hmm. laid, I guess, and whatever. I guess. (laughs) Or have conversations. Or whatever. Yeah. You do go to have conversations. Real conversations. I feel like some people try to have conversations with the barista, and sometimes it's okay, but sometimes it's 7.30 in the morning. And it's not okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it couldn't have been me because I've never been here at 7.30 in the morning. Like, I don't know. So you got to get your work done. It's You're nice not to interested be friendly, in... but... Well, I'm just honestly not a morning person. And, like, oh. you might be thinking, why are you... Why were you a barista then? But, like, it just worked with my schedule. And it's nice being done with work, like, early in the day. But I'm not the friendliest person before, like, 10 a.m., so... Why is that? I'm still sleepy at that yeah. time. So you're still waking up. Your body clock, your rhythm is slow to wake yeah. up. So you would come into work at 7.30? Well, I would And be grumpy? <laughs> <laughs> we would open at 7. I would get here about, like, 6.30. Oh, man. That's honestly kind of late for a coffee shop. So, well, congratulations on your epic, heroic effort to, you know, show up and be pleasant or at least make the drinks and give it to them. Yes, making the drinks. I'll make the drinks so good, but will I be smiling? Probably not until You don't have to smile to smile, and that's what fascinates me about you, because you don't have to smile to smile. So true. So true. But I want to know what your perspective is, because I have my perspective of you, the barista at the cafe. Mm-hmm. But what's your experience like being the barista at the cafe? I mean, you're there all day. You're doing a whole shift. And you have all these different people always coming in your face. Yeah, it's cool having regulars that, I don't know, they're all different. They're like, no offense, but they're like NPCs. <laughs> like what? NPCs. A non-playable character. It's like in a video game where you're the main character and you can do stuff. But then there's all these different people that you meet and their only purpose in the game is kind of like to say their funny little lines to you. But you can't (laughs) play as them. They don't really have like the same level of autonomy. Like they're... They don't have special powers. They're NPCs. NPCs. And so regulars are kind of like NPCs. There's like a place where I can always count on them to be pretty much, like seeing them at work. And they all have their own little quirks that make them special. Some of them, you know, they're not always they're not always the best. I won't talk about anyone in particular. particular we but... won't mention anybody's <laughs> names. <laughs> But sometimes being being a regular somewhere does not necessarily mean that the people who work there really like you. Like, if you 
come to a place all the time but you're kind of like annoying or like super needy you know chances are you have a nickname by the staff there and it's not that nice and they don't <laughs> they don't welcome you when you walk in they kind of dread oh no here he is yes. again. it's gonna be 13 to 15 minutes of this guy before he gets out of my face yeah <clears throat> but no for the most part i don't know i have an appreciation for all people yeah even if they annoy me well, I noticed that about you, and I really respect that. Yeah, that you seem to have, like, that kind of acceptance of all people kind of a thing, which is not common, and it's it's got to be entertaining for you because you get to appreciate all the different kinds of people. and All the, the freaks. Yeah. I mean, we're all freaky. Except Somebody, me. Except you? Yeah. You're not freaky? No. You're a pretty freaky girl. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Do you have any other good questions? Um, let me see. Tell me about who you are. Damn. I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. I'm just a puppy. <laughs> You're just a puppy? Yes. <laughs> well, that's cute. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm really trying to, like reach a state of like radical acceptance of all situations mm. and it's not easy yeah. but also feels good because like I don't know desire is really like the root of all suffering for real <laughs> like Buddha is so right <laughs> so I'm just trying to like go with the flow wow radical acceptance of all things that's pretty good so that is a skill that you are consciously practicing would it be fair to say that yeah it definitely is and it's literally a practice like that's the annoying part is i'll have moments where i feel like you know i'm having these like epiphanies or like making really good progress and then like before you know it you can be in like a dark place again but like you just have to it's you it's a constant practice like you're never done working on that mindset yeah you know so what are the epiphanies like can you recall one can you call one up let me think it's let your me current think. recent epiphany that uh appeared in your brain hmm i don't know they just kind of come like yeah it's more when i say epiphany it's not necessarily like a new conclusion that i'm coming to but it's like a moment where like the goal of like radical acceptance just really clicks for a moment and i feel at peace with something that was previously like stressing me out mm -hmm. and i'm like ah oh, like I can so totally relate to that. Yeah, I know you can. I read your poetry, and <laughs> honestly, I'm going to be real. Oh, I no. did not care for you that much. Oh. Like, I cared for you in the way that I care for everyone. Yeah, he's a but human being. Were, Give him a respect. I was like, uh, here comes this guy, like, whenever you would come in. But then I read your poems, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's just like me. Yeah. <laughs> like... And so I started liking you a lot more after that. I feel like I realized our worldviews have a lot in common. Like, the way that you 
the way that your spirituality is like informed by like a religious upbringing mm. I feel like I can relate to that mm. and like the message of like love being like a guiding force and like a purpose of living and stuff like throughout some of them also like you talked about breathing a lot I feel like breathing is so underrated like it's so important (laughs) (laughs) you ever just do a breathing exercise Mm -hmm. and afterwards you feel like you are literally like high you're like whoa that's what a good breath feels like that's the only way so I can deal with those moments when the negativity sort of overwhelms me and I feel, you know, buried in, in uh, the black darkness. Yeah. In the black darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Um, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's probably not something you share with, you know, your cafe customers yeah definitely not definitely not all the custies for sure so what what is your um what is your flight path looking like now that you have jettisoned philo coffee and you're like free as a bird my flight path oh gosh i really am free as a bird i love being unemployed like i am gonna be getting a different job this week but for the current moment the feeling of being unemployed it's so beautiful mm. there's nothing like it <laughs> but um yeah maybe you should be professionally unemployed i would love to if anyone would like to take care of me full time <laughs> full time only <laughs> let me know if you have a small apartment you know like bigger than a doghouse but i won't take up much space you won't even know i'm there please but no um yeah i'm probably gonna be looking for like a kitchen position or something i just need to be making more money so that i can work fewer days because my class schedule for the Mm. fall semester that's coming up is really busy no you're gonna be a student yeah, I've been a student for years, my whole life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the uh, the um, student career thing about? Oh, you know, I wish I knew, but I'm almost done with my degree. What's your degree? Um... I'm getting a bachelor's. No. You're going to be a bachelor? Everyone always thinks that I must be studying art, but no. That's just something I do in my personal time. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be a professional bachelor after this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm studying global affairs. Oh, nice. Uh, So you want to get a job at the UN being an aide to, you know, some powerful prime minister? To be honest, no. And that's the annoying part is that I'm almost done with this whole degree, but I don't really know what I would like to do with it. Maybe if I might just offer a suggestion here, I know this is your interview. Uh Maybe it's just to learn stuff and like be exposed to ideas. Honestly, so true. That is kind of like how I'm feeling about it whenever I'm like, oh God, I went to I went to school for years for this stupid ass degree <laughs> like what was the point but yeah I mean so many good things happened in my life like 
as a result of me going to college, regardless of, like, the uncertainty that I feel with the specific, like, major that I chose and, like, what is next for me in that field, like, at least I made some really good friends Mm. and learned how to be an adult, kind of. (laughs) I'm still working on it, but, like, yeah, college was just a catalyst for everything else that's happened in my life over Mm. the last five years, but I don't know, the degree itself. Yeah, well, if you're in a state of uncertainty, you write in sync with everything else because the whole world is in a state of uncertainty. We don't know what the world is going to look like in 20 years. People that like graduate with a degree and go get their career, they almost never end up actually doing that because everything changes. True. That's true. Yeah, so you're a in lot a of perfect people spot. Have told me that. You're um like um not married, not graduated. You don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a perfect place. Yeah. <laughs> you are so fortunate. <laughs> I am married a little bit. Oh. My roommate and I were talking about this the other day. You're a little bit married to your roommate? Yeah, well, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought that common law marriage took effect after, like, eight years. But someone the other day was telling me that it was... Oh, it's only two days. Hey, wow! (laughs) How long is it really? They were saying it was, like, two to three years, or, like, three to five years. And Rania and I have been living together for, like a few years so and we have two kids together really no they're cats but <laughs> i was about to say can i come play with your kids um no okay <laughs> fine but yeah we have yeah, two yeah. cats together right we're basically married but i'm still single for anyone listening <laughs> <laughs> who wants to take photo. care of me full-time <laughs> wow um so what else is interesting and funny and illuminating? Uh, let me look at my list. What do you know about life? What do I know about life? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> what do you know about life? Well, it's happening. It is happening. It um, has a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. We don't remember our birth and we don't believe in our death. But I actually do remember my birth vividly. <sighs> No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Wow, I was going to go in on that. (laughs) No, sorry. There was a point in time when we transitioned from our mother's womb to Uh this world. And we slid down the chute and -hmm. we took our first breath. It was an inhalation. Yeah. Because there was no air in our lungs yet. Yeah. What a moment that must have been. If, if, If anybody could remember that. It must have been the most amazing, startling, wonderful, surprising, shocking, I'm invigorating. Sure it was painful. The breath itself probably wasn't painful, but getting down the shoe was probably painful as shit. Mm, yeah, maybe. I just remember reading something one time about like how the fetus, like in the womb, the lungs are like filled with fluid, and so whenever they come out, like. It would be like a fish trying to breathe air. Like, it's very abnormal the first time. And I oh. feel like that would be uncomfortable. Hmm. But I I don't know for sure. How like, do they get rid of the obviously. I don't know. Lungs. Like, maybe that's not even real. But it made sense to me whenever I 
saw it. I'm so. gonna have to research that. I really want to know about the first breath moment. Yeah, I do feel like that must be like one of the most important things that ever happens to us. And not only that, but here's this whole world of sound and sight and colors and everything. I mean, to the child, it has no meaning. It doesn't know what anything is, even his own mother's face. But it's like, bam, this do is you, different. Do you remember when you like first gained consciousness? When I first talked sense? When you first gained consciousness, like as a child. <laughs> I'm still working at it. <laughs> <laughs> True. I feel like I always felt real but then whenever I think about certain times in my life like when I was a kid in hindsight I'm like well I really wasn't that real yet like I didn't know what do you mean by real like having my own thoughts and stuff like I don't know I guess I did always have my own thoughts but and maybe this is problematic because like assuming that children are not capable of like having this like whole like separate self that is like valuable compared to adults like that does kind of cause a lot of problems with how people treat kids but I don't know I feel like one day I guess whenever childhood was over like you kind of just realize like oh there's this whole other thing going on that I have to be a part of now your ego self in the larger world yeah but when you were saying that my thought was that maybe we are most real before we can think yeah true the only thing that makes me want to disagree with that is I think a lot of children are very much just like reflections of their parents at a certain like yeah, but now when they're two years point. old, they haven't had a chance to get programmed yet, really. Or they've one been, years They've old. been nothing but programmed at two, at two years old. They've only been with mommy the whole time, most of the time. Yeah, but they're still pretty wild. They're, <laughs> they're not domesticated yet. They can't even, they don't even yeah, know how to true. go to the bathroom. They, it's true, they don't know how to do anything. Yeah. Maybe we are most real when we're two, when we're still feral. Feral. I wish I was feral. Yeah, I get that feeling. Like, oh my gosh, I wish I was a monkey. I hate doing everything else. Monkeys are crazy. I visited a fr- my friend in Costa Rica and the monkeys were jumping around all over the trees. These little tiny ones, but this big. I'm so jealous of their lives, but I'm trying to be okay with the fact that You're human. I'm human. <laughs> it's got to have some uh, perks. Yeah, that's true. Monkeys cannot drink coffee. I'm pretty sure. Your kid? My kid. What did you say? I said monkeys can't drink coffee. Oh, right, right. They probably would if they could Is get this thing them. On? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Wasting all this great <laughs> I conversation. Know, right? Oh, I'm sorry it turned off. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that was um, exactly what I wanted to know about you. You know, just like because I'd only had a cursory impression of you. Here's Abby, and I got, you know, 15 seconds to say my joke, and then she's going to be off on the cappuccino <laughs> machine. And then, you know, I'll be lucky if she says, your latte is ready, Ron. And um, so I just wanted to know you more. 
as a person. Well, I appreciate that. I also happened to notice as I was looking at your list of questions oh. that you did not ask me this one at the bottom that says, do you think it's fair that a few people should have all the money? Oh, I was getting to that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's my favorite thing to talk about. Oh. Absolutely not. Obviously not. If you have a billion dollars, you're fucking evil. And How about no 230 way billion dollars like Jeff Bezos? Like, there's just no reason. There's no ethical way to acquire that much money. You are evil. You're going to hell. And you need to share. That's it. <laughs> I just went through a process of publishing my book on Amazon. It was hell. Damn. I had to jump through so many hoops. And the whole thing is designed to be convenient and at the same time to maximize their profits. So yeah. I was cursing them with one side of my mouth and the other side, it was like, I can't publish my book. What am I gonna do? Like Emily Dixonson, she used to handwrite her poetry, yeah. put it on folded papers and make a pile and then poke holes through the folded end and sew them together. That's so sexy though. Yeah. But how many of those can you make? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. So I had to, I had to like give Amazon and Jeff Bezos some credit. They're making money, but they're also offering me something that I want, a book. Yeah, that's true. Something that I was talking about with someone recently, it was actually a Custy at Philo, and he was singing the praises of globalization yeah. on the basis that look, at this. look how convenient everything is oh my gosh i think this is one of my friends oh hi didn't seem too friendly okay well basically <laughs> there's these two stray dogs that ronnie and i have been seeing in our neighborhood a lot recently and like the first two times that we saw them really i was the only one that saw them and so ronnie was starting to make this joke that they weren't real and that i had made them up but then she saw them one day too. Normally there's two of them and they run together though. That's one of them? That might have been one of them. I haven't ever seen them that up close before, but... Oh, she had a collar on. Oh, I don't think that these dogs ever have collars on. So where's your mommy? It looked That's like weird. a stray dog to me. Straying around. Straying, but with a collar? Mm. That's mysterious. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, what was I saying? Oh yes, he was singing the praises of globalization, saying, oh it's so convenient you can order something and it's on your door the next day and i was like yeah that is very convenient but is that a good thing that that is possible like how did that end up on your doorstep only one day later when before it was like super far away like what was the carbon footprint for that process what was the carbon example? footprint how many people were paid how many people worked a like pitiful, a robot in a factory in order to get your delivery on the like day? ridiculous little crumb of money <laughs> just so that you could have some garbage on your doorstep every day like <laughs> i don't know what did he think did you make any points um, he was just like, mm, yeah, I guess so. But like, I don't know. He wasn't convinced. He wasn't convinced. Everyone loves... Stuff. Stuff. Everyone loves stupid I'm gonna stuff. I'm going to finish your sentences for you. So don't worry about it. <laughs> you got it from here. <laughs> no, everyone really just loves buying bullshit online, like, all the time. Yeah. Talk like, about programming. That is programming. We're all programmed to be unconscious consumers. to be so hungry and starving all the time for the next thing like no one ever just fucking 
takes a second and thinks maybe I have everything that I need already like I don't know but this is putting a lot of you know blame on the individual consumer and that's not really the real villain of this story but it is something that makes me feel frustrated with like the general population and just like the culture around consumerism and consumers definitely are a part of consumerism yeah i just feel bad because it's like oh they're just playing the game that someone else already set up like of course life is so horrible and having a little amazon package waiting for you when you get home like i can see how that is like a coping mechanism for having to exist during late stage capitalism (laughs) but it really does lack a lot of consideration for just like how things are made and how they're getting to you so quickly like very much out of sight out of mind vibes that the first world just gets to ignore everything that's going on in the rest of the world that makes it possible for them to buy cheap shit all day like some chinese guy who moved in from the countryside so he could get a job in the city and make cash and is standing on a production line all day long to make your electronic gizmo yeah for real and then like people will try to argue that oh well yeah they're american companies are paying the outsourced labor like an american living wage but they're paying them a living wage for where they live and it's like um not really (laughs) also like even if that's technically true like i just have an issue with the whole concept of like not applying american labor laws not that american labor laws are honestly that good but it's like how can you operate a business and feel like comfy with the idea that your labor is being held to a different standard than you would expect to be treated like in your own country like it's just weird it's like oh well like it's okay to pay they're, them they're, we're a country a they're developing a month because we're paying them a dollar a month so they can develop so they can develop like <laughs> buy a motorcycle <laughs> like that's just fucking crazy to me so what's the crux of the issue and who's the villain and how do we fix it um, the 1% are the villains. The who? The 1%. The, the top 1%? 1%. The ruling class. Eat the rich. Eat them. Eat them! <laughs> I'm saying we should just fucking eat them. <laughs> like, I don't know. It makes me sad that Americans are not willing to, like, execute... The rich. The rich. <laughs> like, the... The wealth disparity at the time of the French Revolution was such a fraction of what is happening today, yet there's no guillotines. Where are the guillotines? Okay, but America started off as pretty egalitarian. We're talking about colonial America. I don't remember that. Well, study some history books. They came over from Europe and they were like landless. But slavery existed. Oh yeah, they started slavery for sure. That's right. They would, that, that wasn't that egalitarian at all, bro. But my point is this, that they kind of started off with 
0.0. I mean, the Mayflower Pilgrims, for example, they almost starved to death, and they made it through the winter, and then they got their act together, and they made it, and they kept growing. They ended up, this is what we ended up with. So if we were to eat the rich and start all over, like a more egalitarian system, how could that be not circumvented again and corrupted into the same fucking system we now have? I don't know. And, like, that's why the idea of being a monkey is so (laughs) appealing to me because I honestly do think that we need to start completely over. But, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being dramatic. But I feel like a lot of the things that are, like, you know just like standard in our society cars for example the place that we currently live has an infrastructure that caters almost exclusively to cars so it's like if you just want even though cars are low-key like not that good like they're really dangerous they're really wasteful like but nobody's about to not have a car anymore everyone loves driving so I don't know I feel like a lot of things about life are like and like society as it is currently are kind of like that where it's like ooh, this is honestly like not the best idea but it's just the way of life that everyone is accustomed to so changing it would be really hard and that's kind of frustrating. so um how old are you I'm 22 22 so yeah. in in your generation, what is it, the generation Z or X or Y or whatever it is, uh-huh. your generation, people that you hang out with that are your age, that you feel, your classmates, mm-hmm. do they share the insight that you just shared that we really need to start with? Is this a common thing? Um, I would say in the circles that I run in, yes, this mm-hmm. is a common, it's, it's pretty common. I would say... Maybe I'm a little bit more on the, like, wanting to go back to monkey side of things. You may be a little more extreme than some of the less <laughs> monkey people. I don't know. <laughs> I think that most, most, like, pretty much all my friends agree that everything is super broken and, like, wishes it was different. But the what do we do, where do we go from here, is kind of, like, varied a lot. Also, you know, a lot of people just have different ideas of how to be, like, I don't know, like, how to change what you can as just, like, one small person. Like, I have some friends who still really like strongly advocate for voting and like participating in local government which like I can see the benefits of I'm honestly not the best at doing that but also to be fair like at least when it comes to like the presidential elections like I don't know I'm kind of at a place in my life where I don't really see myself voting in another presidential election do you prefer mud or dirt for breakfast exactly it's like okay time to go cast my little imaginary vote in the stupid contest like uh, it's hopefully not elect one other the mud guy i'll just yeah. go with the dirt 
I can see I can see how there's an argument for like okay well even if you're not going to vote in presidential elections like local government you can is a better opportunity to be effective but lately I've been thinking about like community organizing in a little bit of a different way just kind of like being there for the people that you meet mm. and loving them and showing up for them and just appreciating them for like whatever time and space of your life they're going to occupy mm. I feel like that is like effective community building I mean I guess like there's an aspect of like longevity that is like maybe overlooked with this idea but at the same time maybe not because I really do feel like everyone that I've met that I really connected with like even if we don't live in physical close proximity to each other anymore there's like a line of care that's been established that can still last and oh. still be like community yeah like community isn't just the people who live right next to you but it also is and like getting to know people and like hanging out with them and loving them is like probably more important than voting in my opinion well that's incredibly encouraging what you just said because to me the 20 the 20 somethings are the future of the world True. and they're going to bring the change they may not know what to do or how to do it or anything but they have the time and they have the insight they have the, the wisdom you could mm -hmm. say to do something and make it better <laughs> and make it better make it better true what else we got um, okay well I want to know about your tattoos you got um, at least two tattoos probably more I have four tattoos I used to have five what is the point of tattooing yourself to look cool oh that's it it looks pretty cool yeah it I mean do people cool. like is it one of those things where you like notice it but you're not supposed to say anything like if the woman is really gorgeous you know you can look at her but you don't say jesus she's so fucking beautiful otherwise yeah. take you off <laughs> yeah honestly i think that a lot of people do kind of act like tattoos are like a good conversation starter yeah. and my some of the people i know who have a lot more tattoos than me have told me some of these like interactions that people have had with them like about their tattoos that were just so annoying so it's like it's not always the conversation starter that you think it is like mm. if you see someone that's super tatted mm. being like oh i love your tattoos like i want to get some and talking about like the ones that you like want to get it's just like i don't but know let's talk Especially... about yours yours looks like a baby wrapped in a blanket or maybe a bee <laughs> a larval bee this is actually the very hungry caterpillar oh after his feast um, I got this in Brooklyn. That's in a ch children's book. Like 2021, I think. Yeah, it is a children's book. Um, I also have this slice of cake. I got uh, nice. that. Is that a, is that, um, with cream on top? Yeah. It's just wow. like a little slice of strawberry cake. I got that one in San Diego in like 2019 with my friend who I visited. She 
took us to this bakery that sold cake by the slice like that and then like at the end of the trip we like one of my friends wanted to get his nose pierced and when we were in the shop I was just like oh like I had a cute little idea for a tattoo so this so, was another bonding mechanism that now you have yeah. tattoos and piercings that you shared sort of to memorize the yeah. event this tattoo on my leg mm-hmm. is actually a matching tattoo with my sister is that the so president I'm... of Mexico <laughs> oh no I'm sorry it's both it's of the... our cats oh wow but yeah are they playing that or one napping? is special to me they're they're both mm. Wow, pretty beautiful. That is a cool tattoo. Planet Thank of you. Love sell, says the tat, cat tattoo on Abby's leg. What about the DNA one? The DNA? This isn't DNA. This is actually a flower. I don't, really, I don't really like this one that much. It was one of the first ones that I got. I was 18. It was my second tattoo, actually. My first tattoo was a lip tattoo that said Judge Judy. <laughs> I got that one shortly after Where's turning that? 18. It's faded now. Oh. Lip tattoos don't really last. Oh my god. But because it's such a like, the skin in that area is like very regenerative and right. there's always like friction because of your teeth and stuff. It said so Judge it really faded Judy. Fast. <laughs> yeah, I did say Judge Judy. Because that's a that cool. That was your favorite TV show. <laughs> Honestly, I never really watched the show like that. If I'm being real, the it was You'd based, have to get stoned. It was based on a tweet that I saw that said, like, the worst shit is when a chick really drops you after your first fuck up. Like, wow, old strict ass, judge duty ass bitch. Oh, right. Instead of giving you at least a few fuck ups to, like, <laughs> yeah. try to work your way out of it. And so I was like, yeah, drop him after his first fuck up. But, I don't know. I thought that was funny. But... Yeah, the flower tattoo, I got this with my friend who wanted to get a tattoo and she was scared because she had never gotten one before, but I had. So I went with her and I went first so that she could, I guess, like, buy herself some time of being scared longer. I don't know. (laughs) We're not friends anymore. And I used to feel sad about it, but now I don't really care. Mm. Like, I mean, I hope she's doing well. I wish her the best, but... Could that be the definition of becoming an adult, which you mentioned earlier? Yeah, probably something like that. I just used to feel more sentimental about it. Like, oh, my friend that I don't know anymore. But, like, that's okay that our lives just intersected for a little while. Doesn't have to... Nothing lasts forever. Except tattoos. (laughs) Except not all tattoos, because Judge Judy is gone now. Like, literally nothing lasts forever. <laughs> cool. Well, um, that was uh, uh, fascinating and invigorating and scintillating conversation. Oh yeah. With the barista, ex-barista, ex-barista. Abby from um, Philo Coffee, who's now moving on to new vistas, new phases of life. Yes, entering my unemployed chapter. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, oh my God, I was going to mention something personal, but this is about you. (laughs) You should mention something personal. Yeah, well, um, I'm pretty much unemployed because I'm retired. Because I already worked for the man for like all my life. And even if I was the man, it was still the man. Yeah. 
And so now I'm retired and I am free to ride my bike and write my stuff and that's what and I do. And interview baristas and... And harass baristas. And just vibe. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And do creative projects. Like this will go on a Ron report. It'll go up on the worldwide internet. And, you know, um, all my people will see it. <laughs> nice. And that'll give me a great sense of gratification. That's awesome. <clears throat> I mailed your book to Mac. She hasn't... I don't think she's gotten it yet. Or she didn't want to re- she respond. She should be getting it. Well, I just sent it, like, oh, okay. a few days ago. Okay. So, so don't assume she doesn't I like it. I think she'll yeah. probably get it this week. And I think she'll probably love it, honestly. Oh, cool. Because... Because you sent it to her with underlined poems. Yes, like, <laughs> I, I had to. I just... All of the things that were resonating with me about it on, like, a spiritual level, like, I know that Mac has, like, a really good relationship with God, and just, like, her, like, place in the world, like, I don't know, we only worked together for a short time, but I always got that vibe from her, so whenever I read your poems, I knew that I had to show her. Wow, that is so interesting to me. My impression of Mac was that she has a religious foundation in her life, but she's not married to it dogmatically. She's Mm. still a curious, open person who wants to discover and know. That was just a flash impression that I got of (laughs) Maybe that is true. I do think that a lot of people who's, like, like, not saying that this is the case for her necessarily, but I think that a lot of people who are spiritual in a way where they're still, like, participating very actively in like an organized religious structure like I feel like the you know the value of love and like connection with like a higher power and like a you know just like a greater sense of the world is like present in a lot of them but like I feel like with that kind of often comes a desire to break away from the structure that's been handed to them in order to like because I feel like once you start developing a relationship with God like it becomes so personal that like you don't need a religion (laughs) you don't need a religion anymore yeah basically but I don't know that's not everyone's experience but I feel that okay well this is not about Mac this is (laughs) about you well, thank you for the awesome interview. It was of so course, much fun. Of course, it was and, so fun. Um, so, can we take a picture? Um, yeah, sure. Yes.